Welcome back to Trust the Process Show. I'm your host. My name is Chris Reed. On this show, I take you on a journey to listen as I connect with amazing human beings that have done incredible things. After years of being on my own personal and professional development journey, I wanted to start this podcast to celebrate the stories of others and to learn from the best. What's common with everyone is that they've created a process both mentally and physically. I take the time to uncover what their get, what their process is and what my guests have learned along their way. In this 29th episode on Trust the Process show, I sit down with a man who shocked the MMA world at UFC 241. His name is Kama the Death Star Worthy. If you would have bet on this man at UFC 241, you would have made some money. He was a plus 700 underdog. And that is part of the reasons why I wanted to bring him onto this show. Because his journey into the UFC just gets me fired up. He was called up on just four days notice, had to cut 19 pounds, and was coming off a fight just three weeks prior. Not only did he beat emerging star Devontae Smith, but he knocked him out in the first round and earned a $50,000 fight bonus. But before we dive into this episode, do me a favor, subscribe to the show, whatever platform you're listening to, uh, do subscribe so that you can stay up to date on all new episodes that are coming out. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. If you like this episode, take a screenshot on your phone, your tablet, share it to your social, your stories, Instagram, Facebook, share it to your LinkedIn and your Twitter, tell a friend and tell a family member. So without further ado, I am pumped up for you to be here for episode 29 with UFC fighter, comma, the Death Star Worthy. Welcome to Trust the Process Show. I'm your host, Chris Reed. I'm joined today by uh, a guy who kind of shocked the MMA world, Kama the Death Star Worthy. Kama, thanks for uh, joining me, man. And by the way, that Death Star nickname is super badass. Where did that come from? <laughs> thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Now, so, uh, Kama, you know, like I said, you, you shocked the MMA world. Uh, it's just one of those stories that I just love sports because you get uh, get these moments where uh, it really is anything. Anyone can make something happen. Uh, before we kind of uh, dive into where you where where you came from right now, maybe just give the, the the crowd a bit of an idea of like who Kama really is. I know we've kind of saw who you were just recently coming onto uh, the world stage, but. Now, who is Kama Worthy, and uh, how did he end up where he is today? Um, I, I, I mean, Kama Worthy, as a outside of fighting, is a completely different person than Death Star and Kama Worthy are different. I'm just a regular guy. I have a family. I, I own a fight gym. I like art and in the music and stuff like that. Um, I guess you could say the reason I end up the way I am today is just from my upbringing as a child. My mother, I was um, homeschooled. I've never been to a public school in my whole life. I was homeschooled, I was raised vegetarian, I was always encouraged to be different. So I think it just kind of pushed me in the direction of being a fighter and stuff like that. And just a unique career choice, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. So you're what, mid, young, early 30s, yeah? 32. About 32, 10, 32. <laughs> yeah, so, 
So you're uh, you're still fairly young into uh, your career, and you turned professional. What is about 2012, if I saw correctly? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So we got seven years now. What I kind of love about this man is like, and what people don't see is uh, the grind. Like seven years of fighting to to get to that one point. Uh, talk to me a little bit, man. Like when when you when you hear the word trust the process, that's what the show's about. Like. What has trusting the process meant to you in your fight career up until this point? I mean, I mean, that's something I've always under understood. I guess you could say people could say, I guess I say I always call it the serenity prayer. Like, you know, I mean, change the things you can and the wisdom know the difference. So mm. I mean, that's basically how I exist. So trusting the process is it's just making sure you understand that things happen because they're supposed to, not the way you want them to. Mm. And that's what I always tell myself all the time. Things happen because they're supposed to, not because you want them to. So I just let things run with it. Yeah, it's a good point, man. I, I think we, uh, and that was even one of the things that I asked, I wanted to ask you, but I think we often, are people have in their head of how things are supposed to play out versus what you're saying is just like letting them play out to whatever they need to go. So kind of going off that, what you knew, I mean, I, I'm assuming, but did you know that you'd make it to the UFC with like down deep? Is this like, you, you will end up there. Yeah, I just knew I would make it somewhere. I mean, like my thing, like I said, again, I never really, I noticed that when I start to put a time limit in the frame of a place or a destination of where I wanted to, it didn't, it, it didn't really happen. So I just started to know, like, I just kind of like let go and say, I know I'll make it somewhere. That that was more of my plan. It wasn't more of the UFC or this, but I just knew I'd make it that people could recognize my skills and what I'm capable of. Like when I stop, like when I stop aiming for a destination or like, or like just, I mean, it's kind of like how, how you think about making money. Like, Oh, I want to make a million dollars. I want to make, you don't do that. Like, you know what I mean? You don't, I don't think like that with fighting or anything in life in general. I just like to just let things be. So I never really thought, like, when I first started fighting, I wanted to go to the UFC. And then, like, when I lost my third fight, I kind of, like, came into a consideration of, like, maybe it's a bad thing to just push for the UFC. That's not mm -hmm. that's not why I should be fighting, because then you stop enjoying fighting itself, and you're just fighting to get to the UFC. And if that becomes a thing, once you make it to the UFC, then you have to set more goal. So I, now I just fight. Like, mm -hmm. I don't I, I just fight. I just happen to be fighting in the UFC. Now, which is amazing, but it's I'm still just same person, just fighting. And when I just fight, everything is kind of just effortless. Hmm. That's so. I like that because what I hear is, you know, you focused on the what for so for for some time there. Like the what was getting to the UFC, but changing that thought pattern to the why and like why you like to do it. You just like to fight. So it, taking exactly, away because I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's pressure. Like, as you get older, you get a family, you start doing stuff, there's pressure to make money to be successful. But then again, I, I try to take that same concept and put that to my life. Being, having money doesn't make you successful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like understanding that life is just a process and things like that. Not just like, oh, I want to get to, because, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, I want to get to retirement and have money. If you live your whole life like that, like, <laughs> then you missed your whole life. You've really been living just to retire and drink alcohol all day. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, so for me, I, I changed, I think my, the best thing that happened for me was I changed my, the way that I approach life in general. And in that it changed the way that I approach fights. 
That's great. So what, when was that moment that that changed? Cause that's what it sounds like. I can, I can still hear in your voice, man. You got this like freedom. It sounds like, <laughs> right. You hear a lot of people, yeah. like you said, you mentioned like that stress and the pressure and you can actually almost get the energy off somebody when they have that. But I want to hear with you as a guy who's light, enjoying life, having fun. So when did that switch? Because this is what it sounds like that switch is kind of that process where all of a sudden it took you to the direction that you actually really wanted to go uh, without yeah. putting the pressures on how to get there. I mean, I don't, I'm not too sure. I can't name an exact moment when it happened. I think, again, that would all just be a slow pro a process because if I knew that exact moment, then that means I would be, I would have been paying attention and waiting for it to happen. You see what I mean? Like, I, it yeah. just, it just, it's kind of like when, uh, like, you know, like, like, but just when you learned just different things about yourself throughout life, like you don't really, you weren't really looking for them to happen. It's like falling in love. You don't know the moment you fell in love with someone. It just happened. You know, you're in like an accident. You're in love with them. So it, 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 I keep it in my brain on that same type of thought pattern. I'm like, okay, well, it just happened. Like, I can't quite, I mean, I, I will say there is one moment. I remember when I first moved back from New York, I was trying to get a car and I was freaking out because I was trying to get a car and do all this stuff. And my older brother, Akeem, told me I should chill and stop trying to plan stuff out. Hmm. I remember like, that's kind of like, like the beginning seed of that, that type of philosophy of my existence, like the way I like to go about things. And like, and from there, it just developed and developed and developed to where it is now. Like a lot of people hate this about me because I'm just always like shrug my shoulders and be like, yeah, like, oh, don't get me wrong. I, it doesn't mean I don't put in the work. Like I know what it takes to be a high level professional fire and I put in the work and everything. But like, I always tell people, I'm like, everything is what it is because it's supposed to be. And I don't, I don't try to go against that. But I try to make things the way I want them to be. But if they don't end up that way, then that's just the way it is. I'll give you an example. Freaking it's insane. It's freaking hilarious. My friends always joke about this Good to hear. because I was at one of my friend's weddings and I wrecked my car at their wedding oh, and shit. they thought, and they thought I'd be freaked out and upset. And I was like, well, I mean, like I, I wrecked the car. Like I tore my bumper, <laughs> my front bumper all up. And I'm yeah. like, it's you guys wedding. I can act like a five-year-old and ruin your wedding. Cause I wrecked my bumper. I wrecked my, I wrecked it to the pole. It was my fault. So I just went in, went to the wedding, drove my car back down to reception stuff. And like, they all were laughing, like blown away by how chill I was with it. But I was like, it's already happened. Like, what can I, I mean, like, just, just not, I don't, it's not like I had someone hit and run me and I had to go find them or something. I ran into the pole. It was my mistake. And I move on. I call my insurance company and move on. Like there's nothing else around it. So like, it was weird because people, to me, that was human nature and I was like common sense but to everyone else they were like oh we thought you'd be so upset it ruined your day I'm like no I mean like things happen bad things and good things happen that's part of life if you can't deal with that then it's just going to make life worse if you can't fix it or change it don't let it upset you basically mm. and, and you know you kind of mentioned there's like good and bad things happen and I was having a conversation with this with someone uh two days ago and it's what's good to somebody can be really bad to another. But what it comes down to and what I'm hearing from you, and it sounds like you do extremely well, is you get to be, you get to narrate how your story goes. And what I'm sounds like is you're choosing to make your story fun and good, regardless of what the fuck comes your way, right? It's just like, oh, take it. 
Exactly. I mean, like, I mean, like the cup, I like my mother used to always tell me the cup could be half full or half empty. And I like that. That was one of the things that like kind of like always stuck in my brain. A cup could be half full or half empty. It all depends on how you look at the cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally. like, if you, yeah, I mean, like if you think about everyone, every like major success story you hear of and et cetera, et cetera, everyone's always gone through shitty moments. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then you hear about people, bad stories. People are usually doing really good. They get the shit that they come. I mean, like, that's just, that's just how it is. It's just, it's just the balance of life. So I don't, I don't always expect good things to happen. I look for good things to happen, but I, I know that bad things can happen and I just keep moving on with them. And I think, I don't know if you ever get stereotyped, but I would think as a, as a fighter, there's this thought that you're probably an angry, aggressive guy without knowing yes. you, right? That's, that's yes. kind of just like, hey, you're a fighter. You've got to be pissed off all the time or else why, yeah, why else would you want to hate somebody? People always, I, when I, I used to work at a restaurant and people used to tell me that I smile too much. Because <laughs> yeah. I do, I smile all the freaking time. Yeah. I mean, like even in my UFC fight, you saw I like smack hands with my opponent and my coach is like, don't do that. Like everyone always screams <laughs> at me for doing that. And I'm like, dude, I don't need to be an angry person. Again, because I, I carry that philosophy of, if I'm if I if you sign the contract to, to fight me, that means we're going to hurt each other. So I don't need anything else besides simply that. I don't need I don't need a, I don't need an extra pent up aggression or you you know a whole bunch of trash talk or all that stuff. I'm like, we're about to legally almost kill each other with limits except for the referee and stuff. So right. So that's it's funny you mention that because your your debut. Yes. Um. You got to fight on a card with some pretty awesome fighters yeah, and some crazy the- personalities. Like, there's yeah. good fighters in the UFC, and then there's like fighters that have like the the flavor of personality on the camera. So tell me what that was like, as because you're a guy. Like, what I really like about you, man, is like you are so fucking comfortable in your own skin, and right. it, you see that on your on the screen. So you're just loving it. So tell me about going into the locker room or meeting some of these guys that you watched on the pay-per-views. What are those experiences? Because I think you had what, Diaz on the card. You got DC. Yeah. You got guys who like to chat. Like you said, yeah, the trash so talk. Like, I, I, met, I met DC my first night in California. I was, I was down there cutting some weight. And I started talking with him. And he was just real chill and just laid back and just joking <laughs> around with me. Cause I was like, oh, I gotta fight one of my friends. He's like, man, fuck him. We gotta talk him out. You gotta make money. Yeah. And I was like laughing, we were talking and stuff. He made he made it real chill. And I I had met um I had met Anthony Pettis before because I I had gone and trained at Rufus Sport like twice before. I'd done some okay. camp there before, so I knew all the coaches and stuff there. So I got to talk with all of them and stuff, and they were just talking. And then there's teammates and stuff, and I was a super cool. And then I got to meet uh. Uh, Romero, and he was in my locker room, and that was super cool because I'm a really big Romero fan. He's like cool. one of my favorite fighters. He's just so, so like alpha male, but not ignorant alpha male. He's just like real gorilla alpha male, like real right. power alpha male. So like he's, and he said he's just so chill. He's his accent. <laughs> I, mean, I, love I was I was scared because I wanted to do like a Romero impersonation. I'm like, shit, he might take offense to this. It's, just, it's, it's his culture, his accent. Like, what if he takes offense to this and starts choking me? I'm like, shit, I, I'm going to leave Romero's ass. Alone. 
But I was in there. I came in after my fight. He's like, good shit, bro. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like you bad motherfucker. I'm in here with Romero. This is awesome. And he's, he's like a freaking dinosaur. He's like prehistoric. Like he he just looks prehistoric. Like he looks like a like he looks like a damn dinosaur. Like he's like ancient. Like they found him somewhere in a cave and they like turned him on and shit. And like it's, I mean, you just I mean, my coach for laughing. You just look at this guy and be like, this guy's a freak of nature. He's a living freaking nigga, freak of nature. Like forty two or some shit. And I'm like, most dudes aren't walking when they're forty two. Romero's in there looking like fucking like Rambo, I said, right? He looks, he looks like a dinosaur. Like straight up, like a prehistoric dinosaur. Dude, He's a super, like, super chill dude. Yeah, good shit, bro. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that was the man. <laughs> so, like, how? So you got the like the actual like being on the the pay per view and fighting, but you got those moments too. Like, so how much fun have you had since this pay per view? Like, what's oh, changed in your life now? Oh, it's insane, man. I I I, I teach a kids class, so it was really like it's, the kids freaking love it. I, I still teach a kids class. So they like love it. They're like they're telling their like my stepkids, so like they're going to school and kids are saying they saw me on TV. So they love it. And like the students and then my teammates, it's it's just inspiring to everyone. And just like what you're saying, because people like my friends, like I had one friend tell me, like, he was like, dude, I've I have known so many people, like I've never met a more determined. Cause like a lot of people, like when I'm telling I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make money for fighting and get to USC and stuff. And I'm, I'm going somewhere like, they're like, it's rough. You know what they do? We saw you turn 30 and you're still fighting locally on a local scene. You're losing. And, and like, you know, you don't want to see your friend going through something to not be, not have a light at the end. And he was, and my friend, he was just like my friend Dwayne, he was like, you've just never second guessed it. He goes, that's like, the most determined, like, Jedi will type shit. Like, I'm going to get there no matter what. And that's that's basically that's basically uh, my approach on how I do things and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a big, crazy, fun time. The whole thing has just been really, really exciting. You know, I, I appreciate that you keep fighting. And, it, like, literally. But, like, when people tell you to stop, you know, I think there's so many people that tell others whatever they're chasing to like just stop like dude you're 30 you're fighting on a local scene you're losing like what the fuck are you doing right what? and and they think you're they're doing you a favor because they want to be your friend and they're trying to avoid you from being hurt i think that's right. what it comes down to um but if we were to take a lesson from this story because i that's what i like to find and le- like like kind of like you it sounds like what can i learn if i take a positive attitude what can i learn from a, a downfall so if i look at this you got your your circle people in your circle saying look man like just hang it up like you got a gym whatever the, the the narrative they're giving you you're like fuck that man this is my dream right so if we if we, anyone's listening and you you see a friend who's doing that and they actually want to tell them to stop i think what we really need to do is say like Encourage keep them. going man like fuck <laughs> like because like, you're you're right there you're if you it, like i say most success stories happen at the lowest point like that's when they happen, that musical artists, everything, like they happen at the weirdest and craziest time. So don't think that it's gonna line up. Like it's like being being a success isn't like going to school. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and not, I'm not saying making money, but being a success in life isn't like going to school and you just go to school, get your degree and boom, you're a success. Like that's, no, you, in order to be a success or to be, feel like your life, your worth and your life is worthwhile, you have to like actually, like it just happens, it falls into place. So like, like when I, t- I tell people all the time, I'm like, don't stop. 
like it sounds cheesy as hell. Like, don't stop believing. <laughs> my little brother was messing with me after my speech in the back. He was like, that was some journey shit. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm like, dude, that was just real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's fucking true though. You know, it's true, man. It's it, you know, as cheesy as these sayings are, they're just truth. Hey, um that's all you can have with it, seriously. Like you said, as long as it as long as it is true, then I just run with it. Well, and I think Maybe it's not, and we look, I just look at UFC, right? And, you know, you called them, kind of called them out, but I'd love to see it, a Conor McGregor fight, um, right? Like, give, give him the fight. But if you look at McGregor, is like a guy who just also showed, like, what was it, in a matter of four years, he went oh, yeah. from being on welfare, fighting in local scene to, what was it, $100 million? Like, so, like oh, that's... Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, even John Jones, John Jones, I remember, like, one of my um, one of my old coaches, he's like, yeah, John Jones, like, was sleeping on his couch or one of his friends' couches or some shit at one time. You know what I mean? Like, like that's just how it is. Like, you weren't, they weren't, like, people see fighting and you're just like, oh, that's how, it was. like, no, it wasn't like that. There's so much more that happened mm-hmm. that you really don't understand exactly what happened. It goes into what what like what what you're seeing and stuff like that's i tell people all the time fighting is kind of like going to the bakery and seeing a beautiful cake and being like wow that cake looks good but not realizing then like how the kitchen looked for making the cake mm-hmm. <laughs> that's basically what it is dude i made i made a for my son's birthday i i i watch sometimes i watch some baking shows you know i can i can oh, yeah. admit that i love baking shows and I just, I, I saw this, these, these kids, they're making a cake, a 3D cake. And I was like, you know, f- fuck it, man. If those kids can make a 3D cake, I'm going to make one. So for my kid's birthday, I made him a 3D R2D2 cake. Oh, wow. And the shit was legit. But you know what? It took me 18 hours. Oh, wow. And like, just because I, I'd fuck up one batch, start over. And I was just like, no, no, I'm committed. I'm going to work through this. But going off what you're saying, the end of it, it looks sick. And people are like, that's amazing. And I'm like, you don't even know. What went into that cake, man? I don't even want to cut that cake right now because, (laughs) (laughs) but it's the same thing I think with your story here. And so, as we move forward now, right? Like you, you kind of defied what people said you could. You're a major underdog. By the way, did you ever talk to Dana? I know I saw I saw your kind of post uh, fight interview, and you're kind of like, hey, looking to speak to Dana. Did Dana ever come back to you and talk to you about your fight? No, I I mean, I no, I never got a chance to talk Ah, to him. We we had the we had they had they put us back on the uh, like before he because it was such a big car he he goes in at the post fight interview and he's usually sitting there and stuff so I didn't get a chance to talk with him at all. Damn. So, but what has come from the camp? Like, what has come from UFC as a whole? Like, are you what's next for you? Have they given you any insight of like when um, you may fight I, again? I, I had a potential fight that I said yes to in um in Boston, but that fight didn't fall through. But actually, there was a fight that actually happened tonight. A guy he fought. He's from uh, he's from Morocco. I think he was a main. He was a first fight on the uh, pay per view. First fight on the prelims. On oh, prelims, okay. Uh, I think he's eleven and zero now. I think he has eight knockouts, and he won my first round knockout. So I I hit up Dana White. And I went on Instagram. Yeah, I went on did. Twitter. I hit up Dana White and Sean Shelby. Told him I want that fight for November 2nd in Madison Square Garden because this dude comes out there, he comes to fight, he's a banger. That those are the type of fights that interest me. Like he's 11 and 0, he's coming to fight, he knocks people unconscious, he's got a violent knockout. Uh, I mean, so hopefully, I hopefully like I get a get a little bit more push for that and uh, and uh, we get that fight, get that fight lined up and 
take it from there because I feel that's a fight that I'm interested in. And I want to, and I'm like, especially now since Masvidal and, and, uh, and Nate Diaz are going to be the main event. I mean, I definitely want to fight on because I'm a big Kobe. I'm a big um, Usman fan, and I want to see him take Kobe and like put his soul into the middle of the earth. But since <laughs> <laughs> that fight isn't happening anymore, they put the gate, the OG gangster fight on. I'm like, all right, well, let me get a fight with another guy who's going to come out and bang and entertain the fans. And we're both coming off of devastating KO wins and stuff. I mean, I think mine was a little bit better. But, you, you know, go. I ain't going go, <laughs> go down there. But, but uh, hopefully we uh, get things set up and hopefully I actually get a little steam and we pick it up and I can get my camp started right now and get moving. Yeah, because how long is camp typically for you? I like to do like seven-week camps. Okay. So I, I like I like to get things moving and do, do a, a good, a good seven-week camp and I start to strategize and get my coaches and get everything all lined up and kind of take it from there. Do do you think because you you came off this last fight on like was something fucked up like a four day notice? Yeah. Right. So obviously there's no prep. You were how much how much weight did you have to cut? Like almost twenty pounds. Yeah, twenty pounds. Right. And you you had a fight. I believe you said three weeks prior to that. Right. Um. So what's going to be different this time? Because you I I did listen to you. Like you're like I walked in the ring. I walked in the octagon. Um. I wasn't stressed. You were very calm. But what do you think is going to be different now that you actually have a true camp? Like, how are you going to show up or are you going to show up any differently uh, no, with the camp I mean, behind I you? Plans on, I really have plans on showing up the same exact way. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, again, like I told you, I'm just not going to be stressful. Like, it's like everything is happening as it should. So I'm like, don't, just don't stress the process. Like, that's my mm. big thing. Like, like I said, like, of course you get a little stressed out and stuff. Like, I was a little nervous and stuff. But once I got in there, I started to go. I was like, okay. Don't stress the process. Move, 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 move. And now I'm just going to do the same exact thing. I mean, like, no matter who I get or when I get them or how I get them, I'm just going to be out there understanding just don't stress the process. Mm. What – I love that, the don't stress the process because it's true. And, and what you actually truly have, man, is I, I study I'm, – I'm also an executive coach in my, in my day job. I work with uh, executives to – Okay. To help them in through this shit. And one of the big things that I focus on in my business with my, my wife's on my team as well is emotional intelligence. And you have like some serious high emotional intelligence because that's yeah, what this comes down told, to, right? I've been told that before. Like, um, just, I don't know. I, it's, I come from a big family. There's eight of us. So I, I've always Holy been shit, a, really? Yeah, there's eight of us. I have two brothers. My one little brother fights. He's a pro fighter. He's two and one. He fights next week. And I have an older brother and I have five sisters. So I have a whole bunch of siblings. Damn, I've, man. Been, I've been around a lot of different, growing up was really interesting for me. I've been around a lot of different people just because I've had so many people around me. So I'm used to interacting. And, I, and then I worked, I worked at a restaurant. I was a waiter. So I, I was used to interacting with different people and et cetera, et cetera, and connecting with people and figuring out ways to connect with people. And then I became, I started coaching at the gym that I now own. So okay. then I started working with students and I learned how to interact with people and deal with people and take on people's and understand people's hardships and everything like that. So I mean, I have a really easy skill at doing that. So it comes kind of natural for me. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you, you demonstrate some really good empathy with the people around you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause they do the same thing for me. Like yeah. I said in my, in my post, like my gym flooded last year and all of my people like, help me get to where I'm at and they freaking did all this and they donated money and they came in and cleaned up and they cleaned up mop water for moms, all kinds of stuff. Like people that didn't have to do it. 
but they did. So I mean, like I, to my thing, I'm like, I felt like I owed it not only to myself, but to them as a whole to do, to go out there and like represent what we're capable of. So it's a team effort completely. Yeah. And that, that just shows to, I think how you get to where you are. And, and I, I think it's great that you give these guys and gals appreciation because you probably wouldn't be here where you are today without them. Right. Oh, definitely. And like, and even though they say, Oh no, man, you could, I'm like, no, but it, the simple fact that I am where I am because now I am where I am in this situation that I'm in means I wouldn't have been able to get here if it wasn't for you. Like, again, I go back to that same process of thinking. I'm like, well, the simple fact that I'm here where I'm at now and you did what you did and that got me here, that means I wouldn't be able to get here without you. And there's mm-hmm. no way around it. And, and, I, and that almost comes across another thing I, I heard you say on one of your interviews is like, I'm not here for the fucking belts, right? You're here to make money, right? But yeah, I'm here. I'm, that's, that's basically it's yeah. business. Like, it's business, right? But one thing I, I took away from that too is, you know, belts are very I focused, and I hear from you, you're very we. It's about the the, the tribe you're with. Um, right. What do you want fighting to provide you, your family, your your gym? What is it that you want from this? Because I'm sure, you know, like, unless you're Romero, where you're a, a fucking Neanderthal and you're 42 years right. old and still smashing <laughs> guys, you know, the window isn't that long. So what do you right. want to get out of your window, this opportunity that you have, for yourself, your family, your gym, your friends, like whatever it may be, what do you want from it all? I just want a, a legacy, basically. Like I said that before, I want people to be able to look back on my fights. I want my kids to be able to look back on my fight. Like my daughters, like my, I want my daughter to be like 10 and be like, oh my God, my dad was insane. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I want, because I'll be done, way done fighting by the time that time. So for me, I just want to build a legacy, not money. Cause there's a lot of fighters that made a lot of money. I mean, it may, I mean like made money and won belts and did all kinds of stuff. But like, I want a Muhammad Ali type legacy mm. to follow me. So that way when I'm dead and I'm gone, I'll live forever because of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and like, I want, I want more fights like the fight that I had, whether I lose or I win, but I want fights that are iconic, like fights that are never forgotten. So that way, when I'm gone again and I'm dead and people are like, yo, you remember if I want people to be watching my fights 30 years from now, still watching my fights because they're that they're that legendary i want them to be in history books and stuff like that so i have to do more than just be a fighter i have to be be more i I have to be alive i have to be a being in itself and on top of that i fight so my fights have to be and like help me live beyond that you know what i mean so like it's it's just it's just a little bit different like kind of like achilles achilles like he you have a, a part on your body named after him so you'll live forever because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like like there's a part on your body named after that guy like that's an important part of of of, of at least for american for english language that's an important part and like just him in general so i want to go down in history just like that so living living forever sir to a certain degree yeah yeah well i i what you know what i like about that and just going off the name the death star i mean the death star yes. just doesn't die man is that where it came from <laughs> no the the death star came because when i hit this one guy in my first amateur fight and he just like disappeared like completely oh, disappeared. and someone said oh that looked like the death star and it just kind of like stuck from there and it just grew on and and basically i mean like basically the death star is like the most feared thing in the galaxy like the death star the destroyer of worlds i mean like it just gets to places hits them once the Death Star didn't really have a whole bunch of guns or anything. It had one power gun. It hit you, destroyed it, moved on. 
<laughs> and you just can't kill that. You can't take that thing out of the galaxy, man. It's too big. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. Um, that's great. So the Death Star, your legacy, what are the, what are the, I guess, the things that you want to be known for? I mean, if we go back, like the legacy piece, I think that's a big thing of what we, we strive for. It's not so much about the accomplishments. It's really about who you showed up as. That's what I'm hearing, right? It's like, right. I want to remember for this. And this is who I want to be remembered for. What are those things? Like I hear like legendary fighter, iconic, like just shit that people remember. But like right. as a person, what is that legacy piece for you then? I mean, I'm a humanitarian. People, yeah. people will tell you that know me. Everything I do, like I tell people all the time, if what you're, if something you're asking me to do doesn't further the human race, get the fuck away from me. Mm. Like that's, that's just, I'm like, if, I, if you want me to choose sides, and neither side furthers further the human race. I'm not being a part of it. I don't. I don't. I don't inject myself into things that don't encourage being better human beings. Not better black people. Not better Republicans or Democrats or any other shit. A better human being, like human courtesy. If someone's bleeding, you help them. If someone's hungry, you feed them. There's, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be second guessed or anything else. If someone needs food then you give them food. If like there's hung, like hungry children shouldn't be a thing that exists. Like I tell Gosh. people all the time, I'm like, I don't think I could like, like I like foreign cars, but I don't think I could ever buy like a Bugatti. I just couldn't. I, I would, it would just freak me out. If I'm driving a car that costs like a million dollars or some shit. I'm like, it's a, like, you know I mean, like, it's, I, I don't know. It's just, that's just, that's just how my thought pattern is. And people always tell me, dude, you're going to, you're probably going to end up broke, man, because you can. There's only so much you can give. I'm like, but I, I just couldn't. I mean, like maybe a car that costs two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but a freaking <laughs> million dollar, and even the two hundred fifty thousand dollar car, it's just a freaking car. Like, imagine. I mean, like I feel so much better when I help people and just be more human. I mean, like, and not even just giving people money, but just encourage people to be better versions mm -hmm. of themselves. So, like, for me, my, I want my legacy to be. Come on, oh, I mean, like, if you look on my banners for my fights, I would have a hashtag. Was, I've had this forever. It says, be more human. As in, be more human, as in, like, like just exactly that. Be more, like, really feel what it means to be more human. Not, mm. not like, like, whatever or whatever or choosing sides or any of that shit. I'm like, human nature. Like, like, on, like, basic common courtesy. When I went to Thailand, me and my girl Nicole we went to Thailand like three years ago, and that changed a big perspective of how I understood what it meant to be more human. Because over there, they were just so real. Like the people were, and they didn't expect anything of it. You know what I mean? Like they would help you, and they would like do things for you. That over here, it just seemed like you like you would get a thank you or a cookie or some shit for doing. It. And over there, it was just it was just doing another regular daily thing. It was just how it is. Someone was out, you saw someone walking, they looked like they were thirsty, you give them some water and you keep on walking. That's just how they were in Thailand. And it just made me understand it. I wanted to be more like that. So it's kind of like my approach to things after that. Yeah, I mean, I I love everything you're saying. And so my, my coaching company that I have is, I call it, it's called H2H Coaching and it's human to human coaching. The same thing that you're talking about I 100% agree with you, man. We need to start looking at each other as humans versus what fucking political party you belong to, what race you are, what religion you are. I mean, these are just all 
pieces of somebody else's story and I don't need to be, I can't, I can't be upset at somebody because they decide how they're going to live their life. Um, but I sure as fuck know I can live my life by helping someone. So I, I 100% agree with you, man. And I think that is some powerful shit. I love that hashtag um, because, you know, I was talking to a friend this morning at the gym and um, we, we said hi to a guy who walked in and it looked like uh, we were going to, he gave us a look like we were going to mug him or some shit. And I was just like, man, like we're in a society now in North America, especially. It's funny you said Thailand, but North America, if you said hi, how are you to somebody? They're going, Fuck, is this guy going to try and mug me? You know listen, what I mean? Listen, when we were in Thailand, we met these people, me and my girl, we kept walking past. There's this, this older Thai guy, a younger Thai girl, an older Thai lady, and this other younger Thai guy. And they were like, they barely spoke English. They were out there drinking Johnny Walker and stuff. They invited us over. <laughs> we were talking to them. They were super cool. It was hilarious. The only one that really spoke full English was the girl. And then, like, we're talking. They're like, okay, let's go. And we're like, where are we going? And at the time, my girl's heart ain't. She had a broken ankle. So she had a big old boot on her foot. (laughs) So they put us on their back of their mopeds. And they were like, we're going to go listen to rock and roll. And I, and I, I thought, just like you said, I was like, oh, they're about to go rob us. I'm like, oh, (laughs) shit, they're about to go. And they took us to this, to this, to this, like, bar where, like, they were singing, like, uh, of horrible, horrible, like, Thai covers of, like, rock songs. (laughs) And it was amazing. And they, like, brought us food and brought us drinks and drove us back and didn't expect any money and they didn't expect anything from it. But like you said, for me, I was was like, oh, I I just knew it was a scam. I knew because we're always looking for the bad parts of things so much that when good things come around, we automatically assume the worst. And by assuming the worst, you attract more of that energy and then more bad shit starts to happen. Uh-huh. So like it's 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 a constant. It has a snowball effect if you if you don't really watch out. You ever hear people, especially like females, that say they always meet shitty guys. Totally. They're like, yeah, well, <laughs> how do you always meet shitty guys? They, oh, my boyfriends are always shit. I'm like, really, really? Like, you go to the same place to pick them up? Yeah. You wonder why they're always. <laughs> or like, you know, like you totally. attract the energy that you put out. Man, it's so like, that, that. That's that's the truth. That's like the gospel of life it is <laughs> you know what i mean and and I, I and that's what i love about this conversation your story is you've had this attitude and this outlook of this like in service to others not about you working towards it keeping a good attitude and that good energy and this is what i find about good energy is like you know what? We're in this also world of people want instant gratification. Okay, I'm going to do something nice for you right now, and I want my shit back now because oh, I don't want to wait for it. Post it on Instagram that I'm feeding this homeless guy. What? Yeah. The fuck. Like, like, who took the picture while you were giving a homeless guy a dollar? What the fuck, man? Like, right. You're doing this. Like, like, can I just do something good without letting people know that I'm doing something good? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want people to know that I'm doing something good. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't tell people when I'm doing things good. Like, I just don't. Like, cause it's, it's, but it's not, it's not for that reason. But like you said, people want, they, cause they don't get gratification from the things they do. They want gratification from everyone else. But oh, you're an awesome person for doing that, or which isn't a bad thing. But then you end up being good for the wrong reasons you're doing you're being good for yourself not for not for others right you know what i mean like that's it, the big it, thing it ends, doing, it ends up doing the it ends up actually backfiring and you end up like there's actually a tv show someone was telling me basically about that 
like about these people that think they're in heaven or a good place. I think it's called the good place. And like that's my girls start lifting their hand, like, yeah, it's called the good place. That's she watches it. <laughs> and it's that's basically what it's about. Like these people think they're like in heaven, but they're kind of like in like almost like hell or whatever, because they're basically they were they're only there because they only did good to go to heaven. So it's a really interesting concept of like how you approach those type of situations. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's that bad energy. You, that's the instant gratification. You want to give out bad shitty energy. Um, it's going to come right back to you. It's like a, it's like a boomerang coming out of their hot of your hand where yeah, that good one you, is just like, that. you're planting a seed and the good shit you do is eventually it may or may not come back to you, but the, it's, it, there is instant gratification there as well of just having, I help somebody and they walked away smiling or they walked away getting what they needed. Exactly. Um, it's not like you give somebody $20 and someone's going to give you back $100. It's not that type of instant gratification. It's a different type of instant gratification. I mean, like, if you think about, like, like I, I, I was watching Joe Rogan. He played a, there's a little video of him. He's talking about, oh, my life is fucked up, people. He was like, stay the fuck away from those people. Like, oh, I, just, I can never get a break, people. He's like, because they're cancer. He's like, they're just, oh, man. Yeah, it was dead. Oh, it was dead. like, dude, though, if you always look at it like that, if you're always looking at it like you can't get a break, then you're never going to get a break. You're always going to be on the wrong side of the of the lake. So, I, I, like I said, I wrecked my car. I start smiling like shit. I'm gonna get a new bumper. I might even get a new car. <laughs> shit, it's fine yeah. now. <laughs> I'm like, my ex girlfriend used to hate when I used to think like that because she was like, so what would happen if this? She had asked me like, so what would happen if you get knocked out in the fight? And I would say stupid shit and be like, well, I took a free nap. <laughs> I was like, I got to sleep in front of people. Yeah. And she would like, hate it. I'm like, that's the way you have to think. I'm like, you can't. Like, if I took every fight and thought about getting knocked out and thought, oh, my God. I, can, I mean, like, everything can run through your brain. There's so much bad things that can happen. But every day you walk out the door, you can get hit by a car and die. I mean, a tire can bounce off a car and bounce down the street and smash and kill you. I've seen that before in video. Like a plane, can, parts of a plane can fall out of the sky and hurt you and kill you. There's a million ways to die. You ever watch that show on FX? Yeah, yeah, that's that a good, but so it's the you, truth, man. Exactly. So if you sit there and dwell on that, you'll never fucking wake up. <laughs> well, you'll never live. Well, and I think coming back to that too is like we could, there's a lot of people who are scared, like just afraid of life for these very reasons. And they don't want to do anything afraid of those. But on that same token, if you flip it, the way that you see things, you know, okay, I could be negative or I can flip it and be a positive. We want to flip that. The same shit can happen with really awesome things. And, exactly. and you're, you're a story of that. You know, you get a call and you're like, hey man, I got an opportunity, but you got to fight in four days and you're going, I got to cut 20 pounds in four days. Exactly. And I, my, when I first heard him say that, my brain instantly thought of all the negatives. I have to fight in four days. I have to fight my friend. My leg is hurt. My brain's going this. Your leg is hurt. You have to cut 20 pounds. You're fighting your friend. You're fighting the knockout orders, et cetera, et cetera. You just fought three days ago. Your body doesn't feel right. It's not the perfect time. Then a little bit, like all of those things just start to add up. And I had to like just throw a blanket over top of them and my brain just go forward. So how do you, it's not easy how do you handle that? Because that, that's I think, like, the real thing right there is that's the difference between, I think, success and not being successful is those moments. So if you could tell somebody, for anyone who's listening to this, that those moments hold them back, how do you overcome those? You say throw a blanket on that, but yeah, maybe talk a little I, bit more about that. I literally think about that. You ever watched the Bruce Lee movie? 
when when they talk about Bruce Lee's life, I mean, like the the movie they did, I think it was made for TV, like probably like 15 years ago, and it was called Bruce Lee: The Dragon Story. That's okay. what it's called. So basically, they said that it said that Bruce Lee had he, he had been passed down like a mental demon from his father, and the demon like basically basically like negative vibes and stuff. The demon warned him because he was becoming famous and stuff, so he had to fight this demon in his head. And there was like a crazy fight scene. This demon looks like a samurai and he had to choke. The demon was like trying to get to his son because it basically passes down generations. So he had to choke the demon and kill it. So I took that metaphor and I read this book that my mother used to keep in our bathroom. It was called How to Mentally Heal Yourself. Because my mother's a holistic doctor. So like, I'm, like again, once again, my whole path of getting here is all set up throughout my entire life. So my mother had this book. Are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm still listening. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she had this book, and it was called How to uh, How to Mentally Heal Yourself, which is about thinking positive thoughts and et cetera, et cetera. And if you have an issue, you can create it in your head, and you fight this issue, or you push it away, or you put it in the closet, you get rid of it, and you block it out, and you can subconsciously get rid of it. And, and that's basically how I learned how to like deal with, deal with being stressed. I used to be a nervous wreck. I used to be afraid of heights. I used to be afraid to talk to people. I used to not be able to look people in the eye go on and go on and go on about that but i i was uh, there was a time probably when i was like 18 where i started to like switch things up and do things that i was afraid of so like i mean like i ran with the bulls three years ago nice you were over in europe yeah i mean i mean i skydive i did all yeah, over over in um spain yeah, yeah. so i'm mean, like skydive i mean like, I, I do things that scare me and it makes me realize that fear is, isn't real it's not real you know what I mean? Like it's 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 something that I created. That image of me dying, or that image of me not making it, or whatever, or me getting knocked out or hurt. It's all just in my head. If it happens, then it happens, and I deal with it. But in the rest of the time, I can like actually continue moving forward. I mean, like it's if you think about it that way, like there's that Will Smith movie, um, Other World, and he broke it down really easily. Like, like it was the movie was kind of mediocre, but. Was oh, that the one where he was living in like the beach house? No, it's the one with him and his son. We're like during space and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 right, right. And they're talking about how to deal with fear, and he like basically he's like, he said, uh, what did he say? He said freaking uh, fear isn't real because it's you with the thought of something that hasn't happened yet. Now he said, don't get me wrong, danger is real. Understanding that there's danger. If I run across the highway, that's dangerous. But fear. Fear of something is like just creating an emotion or something that's too powerful to control with, with, with a situation that hasn't even happened yet. Fighting is a dangerous sport. I get that. I can get hurt when I go in there and fight. I can get knocked out. I can get my arm broke. I can get jacked up. I understand that, but I still fight. But having fear of fighting, that's stupid because fear is me thinking about something that hasn't happened yet. Mm. Understanding that it's dangerous, but not but understanding I don't get consumed by fear are like two completely different things. And I try to explain that to my students, not just about fighting, but in life in general. If you're fearful, if you're fearful of this or fearful of talking to a girl or anything like that, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. like you know, I mean, that can, that can corrupt you and like basically spread into everything that you do once you get started with that. Well, and I, I think just a, a, kind of what you're saying there too is, you know, fear is just a thought that we're having that we're making up so we're deciding how the story is going to go before the story exactly. even starts but exactly. on the other side too it's just like you can be a really positive person like your instance and be like 
I could win this fight. And people go, well, you're, you're fucking crazy. And it's just like, right. what's actually crazier is, is it me thinking that I can actually achieve something or is it me being so afraid that I don't even fucking try? Hey, Muhammad Ali, when he fought Joe Frazier, everyone was like, dude, you're going to get murdered. <laughs> and he's like, and everyone's like, oh, the thought of self-belief is so important. Like, I'm, 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 I'm like, Carl McGregor, like, I may not like his approach to things, but his approach to, to his thought pattern and stuff, that shit's genius. Yeah. Like, that, that's just how you have to be. Like, the guy from, uh, like, I like to watch certain movies, um, like um, The Pursuit of Happiness. or Love that movie. Rush. The movie Rush about the Formula One race is like the understanding of the strive to be a better version of yourself, not just money-wise, but just a better version of yourself. That's why no matter how much people hate on Floyd Mayweather, I don't like his personality, I don't like the way he is with his money, et cetera, et cetera. But Floyd Mayweather's drive to be a better version or to always be on top, that shit's, that, that's contagious. Like, yeah. like That's the type of stuff you want to be around. Yeah, I um, I had a guy in the show about a month and a half ago. He his name's Ashley Theophane. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a boxer out of uh, out of um, England, and he trained okay. out of Floyd's gym. Uh, he came overseas, came back to the U.S. and trained out of Nevada with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of asked him around that, you know, like because I have I respect the shit out of Floyd Mayweather. Like right. you said, that ethic of just it's the thought, it's the mental strength that that guy holds, in my opinion, so much more than his physical. So. I was asking this Ashley guy about that. I'm like, man, tell me about that working with Floyd. And it's just like, when you are around people like that, it is like this contagion that you just think this way. Oh, definitely. You know, and I think it comes down to this whole piece. And tell me, I think it sounds like you have this around you is it comes down to your tribe. And for myself, I had to let go a ton of people that I thought were my tribe because all the shit that I wanted to do they were telling me how I couldn't, right? And it's just like, are those the people that you want to surround yourself with? Or do you want to surround yourself with people that are going to go, fuck yeah, man, go get it. And I'm here watching. And if you need me and you fall, tell me what you need and I'll help you out. But keep going. I'm not going to let you stop. Um, exactly. It sounds like that's what you got, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, especially just in like my fight team, like that's just like my, my big brother was all him. And I have my big brother and my, uh, my strength coach basically are like those type of people in my life like no but they've been with me since the beginning of my career and they've always been like the fuck it get back up no matter no matter how my fights would turn out my older brother would come and be like oh fuck that we're gonna do this we're gonna get back <laughs> like he wouldn't do a shit like i'd be like oh man i don't know if i want to do and he'd be fuck this we're gonna have that bullshit like he never allowed me to like put a negative thought into this. He's like, oh man, you're great. You just need to do this, this, this. Oh, you need to do that, that, that. And like my strength coach was the same way. He was the one who was screaming at me that I should go back up to 155 instead of going down. Like all kind of stuff like that. So I mean, it was, it was all, it was always just, just having those type of people around you. And it sucks because some people don't have those type of people in life. They don't. Some people have the complete opposite. You have so, some people have a lot of people that just, really shitty around you and like you know they, they just always bring you down there or they always don't necessarily bring you down but they want you to be at their level so they want to keep you there they, they tell you oh that's crazy to even think like that you know like like we were talking about before so i'm like it's it's just it's really really just you have to like make sure you're around the right people like i said joe rogan's been here like you gotta watch it those people are cancerous man they will suck you in and you'll never get out of that hole yeah and 
coming off this talking about fear and what you're saying there, it's also like you have those people that hang around these cancerous, so quote unquote friends. Um, There's a big fear, I think, often that if I let go of these people, who do I have? I'm more afraid of being on my own and being the owner of my destiny than having a quote unquote tribe that at least I can fall back to and at least they're going to be around me. And I think if we focus more on being okay to have this let go of those fucking people. And I did this too. And it was scary. And I had nobody because I was like, I just got to start from scratch because the people that I have right now are doing nothing positive for me outside of my family, of course, but starting from scratch is scary. But then when you put out that energy and you start to attract these people that are awesome and they bring you up, man, life gets pretty amazing and opportunity happens. It's crazy. And, and I think, again, coming back to your story, man, you're a testament to that. It's just like, you know, people could have said it, you kept going and, you know, look at where you are, man. And I, I just think it's super cool. I love, I love what you've done and I can't wait to, uh, I think there's, there's some big things. I know there's some big things happening your way and I'm, I'm glad I could connect with you now so that I could be like, man, I talked to that motherfucker. No, and he's like, Big time, man. I talked to that guy when he, after his first fight, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so kind of before uh, respect time, we got a few minutes left, man. I just want to like end this. Like anybody listening out there, um, what's your what's your tips? If, there's, if someone who's like, they want to do something, we touched on a bit today, but if you could summarize uh, based off what you're doing, what would you tell somebody um, if, they're, if they're struggling or they're not sure about some, uh, where they're headed? I mean, like, tell them that's the good part. Cool. Like, that's, 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 a, that's the good thing. The uncertainty is the thing that lets you know you're alive. It's just like pain. Like, 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 I mean, like, enjoy that. Like, take it and, like, use it. Use it to motivate you. Use it to keep yourself moving forward. Like, because, like, I mean, like, I, mean, I think I have certainty now, but I don't really have complete certainty. You never have complete certainty. There's always the unknown and like enjoy that that's what makes life interesting like you wouldn't want a psychic to tell you your whole freaking life right that would be horrible you wouldn't <laughs> want to know when you're going to be successful or when you're going to get that job you want or when you're going to find the love of your life or have your kids or that would be the worst life ever if you knew when all the fun things were going to happen and when all the bad things were going to happen so sit back enjoy the ride and like like let let put your hands up and let the roller coaster go like <laughs> yeah, i love it don't overthink it <laughs> Yeah, it comes down to this, like you said, um, like, don't stress the process, man. Like, no, enjoy yeah. it. Like, and these are the moments that you're showing. Like, if we just focus on where we're getting, man, you're not going to have those moments of, like, like, what I saw, I know it's like what kind of ended up, like, what I saw, what really kind of cemented this process, trusting it, enjoying it for you, is, like, when I watched that interview of you on this, on the stage afterwards, the fucking smile on your face. It was just a guy who was just like, I'm enjoying every second of this. Right. And that's basically, and like a lot of reporters are like, well, so did you plan to be this way? I'm like, dude, this is just me. Yeah. I'm just a regular. I, I tell, I've been saying this to people all day or ever since the fight when I got back home. I've been saying like coming to America, I'm like this regular African student. I'm just, just I'm just really happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
That's good shit, man. Well, man, I'm excited. You got a fan here. I'm really appreciate you uh, connecting with me. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry it took so long. I've just been on. Oh, I've been doing so much and helm stuff and all stuff. So I wanted to make sure I got to anyone to hit me up to get an interview. Like, I want to make sure I get back to people. And it's like a, I have, I literally have hundreds of of Facebook messages that I haven't even responded. To. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel, I feel grateful that you uh, took the time to respond to me. And uh, like I said, let's, let's stay in touch. I'm excited to see this next fight. Uh, Dana, let's make it happen. November 2nd. Yeah. Madison Square Garden, man. That's the shit right there. That is some big time fight. <laughs> um, on the Diaz card, man. Let's uh, Dana, make it happen if you're out there and uh, comment. Thanks so much, my friend. It was awesome. Not a problem, brother. Thanks for having me, man. All right, my man. You take care. All right, you too, brother. Peace. Peace.